Don't we all just want to be loved? Well, America's most Technicolor podcast, The Pod People, loves you. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and you must be a scarecrow if you think we fucking. I'm your resident alligator expert, Ben Sheets. <laughs> well, I, w- I was going to say that I'm I'm your alligator boy, but <laughs> I guess we've all got alligators on the mind. Not me. I'm thinking about fucking scarecrows. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't me before the episode, in fairness. Yeah, but now... Yeah, yeah, I am an expert now. Yeah. So yeah, Ben did well, Ben did a little learning about alligators during uh, <laughs> during oh, the process of watching. Hey, this in movie. fairness, we'll talk about that. I am young, I am dumb, and I am full of alligator knowledge. Okay, <laughs> I was real worried for a second there. I, I thought mean, you were gonna say you were full of alligator cum. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, which yikes! But anyway, hi, I'm Cleveland Mosier, and it's nice to. Grab your ear for a moment and just let's have a chat about Pearl. Pearl. Well, we're back in the Ty West X universe. And if you think it doesn't seem like it's been a long time since we were here before, you're right. (laughs) We did an episode on X just about six months ago, but Ty West is already back with his follow up to X, the prequel Pearl. Uh, once Pearl again, Pearl Quoll, the, the, yeah, yeah, the Pearl Quoll, <laughs> once again, starring Mia Goth, uh, it is an origin story of the murderous, horny old lady from, uh, from X. It's out already, because yeah. they shot it at the exact same time. Well, I want to talk about the background of this movie a little bit. I read an interview with Mia Goth and ty west oh, cool. because they co-wrote this movie yes. together um in about two weeks um because x was made right at the beginning of the pandemic right and they were shooting in new zealand and they were like what we gotta make the most of this wait wait, wait. like the farm is in new zealand mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's wild yeah yeah uh, and they were like we have to make the most of this time because who knows when we can shoot a movie again because beginning of the pandemic, everyone was panicking. You know, everyone was like, this is going to shut down for a long time. And they were already in New Zealand, so they were like, let's make the most of it. So they wrote the script while on set over two weeks. Actually, they wrote it before filming had even started for X oh, wow. because it was at the beginning like you said, of the pandemic, and they uh, they were already in New Zealand, and there was a mandatory quarantine for two weeks. Okay, so, so they had a little extended time. Yep, mm-hmm. so they couldn't start shooting X yet, and in that time, Ty West and Mia Goth together, apparently over FaceTime, wrote the script for this film as basically a spec script and gave it to A24, and A24 greenlit it immediately, and were like, if you want to shoot it at the same time since you're already there, go for it. And so they did. give you a little extra budget. Yeah, give you a little extra budget. And Um, so they did. Yeah, and that's awesome. I I love that. I think I would love to see more, you know, movie sets, you know? I feel like that's something that we haven't seen a ton of. I think we saw it a couple years ago with the Fear Street trilogy, Coming oh, out. 
I mean, all uh, three of those movies are in totally different settings in different time periods. So is X. Yeah, but you're talking about reusing the same set, and Fear Street doesn't really Sure, do sure, but I, I mostly mean, like, mm. movies sold as trilogy. As, yeah. as like, a, you know, yeah, sure. I saw a story recently, I can't for the life of me remember what series it was, but I saw there was a story in Bloody Disgusting... Uh, last week about another series of movies set, you know, sold as a trilogy. Oh, really? And uh, I think it's a really cool concept. It's bridging that gap between movies and TV almost in a weird way. I did get that vibe off of Pearl. I will say, I loved it. It did kind of feel like... It does feel a little bit slapped together, doesn't it? Well, slapped together might be... That's maybe a little unfair. A little unfair. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say slap together, but I would say it does feel like two episodes of a long format television series. Yeah, I, I mean, Which, I think, I think Pearl, I think Pearl feels like a story that was conceived in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's I, very I, simple. I liked it too. Yeah, it's very straightforward, but it does sort of feel like them just being like well we've got some time to kill what if we were to spin off this movie we're about to make and do something different with one of the same characters in a different time period um yeah and i i mean i think i think the experiment is overall effective yeah it's a success do i think this movie really adds anything to x Mm, maybe a little bit i would say a little bit there's some cool things it has it has a lot of the same themes um you know the the idea of the x factor and wanting to be famous but really at the core of it wanting to be loved by people you know i i think i think what it is more than anything else what i like about it especially when you look at the direction they're going for the third installment of this series, which we'll talk about later, um, is that each of these movies sort of feels like an exploration of, like, a specific time in film history. Yeah. We talked about on the X episode how that movie is very much like a love letter to, like, 70s grindhouse sleaze, kind of. Mm -hmm. And... This one is very much a love letter to uh, sort of golden age Hollywood. With yeah, very technicolor. With a dark twist. Sort yeah. of well, and the, and Douglas the, Sirk melodrama. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, and the, the beginnings of widespread pornography. Yeah. I, I almost wish there was the more way. of that I, in this movie. Yeah. I feel like that would have tied it to X a little bit better i don't know how i would have liked to see it done necessarily yeah like with this character more i think they did about as good as they could have like with like it still being in the same world and setting Mm -hmm. but i i see what you mean like i just just because it's fascinating right like it, it is really like fascinating to kind of like delve into the birth of widespread pornography and like what that means yeah um but i think i think that axe does a pretty solid job of displaying that once it's become that right Mm. and and there is something kind of cool about this this sort of like prequel film like being like the glimmer in the eye of a nation like and we we see like just the 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 twinkle in the eye like this is this is the very beginning of like that spread of pornography and it's it's gonna be fucking it's gonna be an epidemic and that's what's cool not just pornography but exploitation yes and i mean 
going yes. into Maxine when mm-hmm. we get it. That's the video era when it really explodes. Yeah. What I'm excited about with Maxine, I was going to wait to talk about this, but I am I'm I'm fucking really really excited to talk about it. Is both of these movies X and Pearl feature a protagonist that wants to be seen, that wants to be loved, that is right on the edge of it, and they're they just might become porn stars in some capacity, right? And and it's it's really fascinating because like all that they want, their entire life, their life goal, their dream, their desire is to be a porn actress. That's the best that they can hope for, and and they they almost don't make they don't make it or almost don't make it, right? But with Maxine, what I'm really hoping is we get to see the other side, you know? And it's like, oh, finally someone does make it, but is it going to be... Well, I mean, it's. I'm sure it will be following Mia Goth's character from X, because that is Maxine, and it's mm. like 10 years later or yeah. something like that. It's in the 80s. So, yeah, I mean, we're already... We're already talking about it. Like, the teaser that they show at the end of Pearl is just, like, a, a helicopter shot coming over the Hollywood Hills. And instead of the uh, the big Hollywood sign, the it's the big sign that says Maxine with three X's. So the vibe that I get from that is that at this point, it's not in Texas. It's in L.A. It's ten years later. She has made it. She yes. is a big, a big star. I hope so. I hope I so, too, I... because it feels like the logical conclusion to this series. Yes. But, I mean, think about it. Like, look at Boogie Nights as an example. Mm. Like, that movie is truly about, like, the turn of the 80s and, like, the video boom mm-hmm. and, like, how it ruined the porn industry in a lot of ways because, like, it becomes more spread out and yeah. devalued in a lot of ways. And anybody and, can buy a video camera and make and their own porn. I'm sure we'll get plenty of that. Mm-hmm. I love how they jump between eras in these three movies. I wanted to talk about that a little bit more, actually, because uh-huh. in X, like it's very much 70s pastiche mm-hmm. for a time setting of the 70s. Where this one is kind of interesting, because I feel like this movie is very much a pastiche of, like we said, the golden era of Hollywood in, like, the 40s and 50s. But it's set in 1918, which is still the silent era. How do you feel about that? Because, like, I feel like that's very disparate. I like it. Okay, so looking at the color grading of this movie, it's very heavily inspired by... The Wizard of Oz, right? Like, the first Technicolor movie. Which was, like, 1940-ish? Yeah. 1939, yeah. While we're a ways out from that, this movie is about the beginnings of something. It's about, like, the budding of the porn industry. Like, even though, like, we don't see too much of it, like... Yeah, I mean... It's it's the sprout, you know? Like, Like, it... It's not the theme. It's not like the focus of this movie, but it is the theme of the what is assumedly going to be the theme, the theme of the trilogy. Yeah, right? it's well, about that's, that in and terms so of the trilogy less so than the film than this itself. movie. Right. This movie is not. I, I you keep saying it, but this movie is not really about pornography. But, well, it's it. Okay. There's there's the scene where she you know goes to the projectionist at night and he shows her like oh this film that nobody's ever seen and it's like a like a stag movie. Apparently that was a, a real. Uh, a real yeah, stag I would say film this movie is more about narcissism yes. and 
trying to escape your situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it's highlighting the path of someone who enters the porn industry before that industry exists. But like, Pearl does not... Pearl as a character is never a porn star. No, 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 of course not. But, like, but in the previous film, X, the character that Mia Goth also plays... Maxine, yeah. Right, is pursuing that. Right. And, and like, we see in Pearl... I mean... There's a reason why in X, Mia Goth plays both Maxine and the old lady trying to kill her, right? Is because in X, it's about the old lady seeing and envying her stardom. Whether or not her stardom is becoming a chorus line dancer Mm -hmm. or becoming a a porn star. They're both based in uh, in exploitation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, like, okay, so whether or not, like, like a chorus dancer is, like... Being is a porn star. It's still about like it's still like it, it is still like character study over the type of person who like falls into that world and how they try to fall into that world, wh- whether or not they succeed or fail. Well, yeah, and, somebody who somebody who wants so desperately to be loved that they're willing to sell their body in one form or another in order to buy that. Yeah, to buy that mean. adoration, whether it's. A dancer, you know, in the pictures like Pearl wants to be or, you know, a porn star like Maxine wants to be. And while, like, we do not see the seed sprout, this movie is the the act of planting the seed. Sure. Like, and and that's why, like, while it, it is... Not the core of the film. I do still put a lot of weight on it. Yeah, um, I think no, I think that's fair. Yeah, and that's all I mean. But like going going back to my original point, shooting it in Technicolor is to display uh, and to and to mirror the Wizard of Oz in so many respects. When mm-hmm. she's on the bicycle with the top hat, she looks just like the school teacher who is the Wicked Witch, right? Like they're mm-hmm. they're they're very intentionally playing up. That those same things. She talks to the animals the same way that Dorothy talks to Toto. There's a fucking scarecrow quote character, whether it's alive or not. She treats it as it is, right? Like there's a lot of comparisons to Wizard of Oz. Totally. And um, you know, like uh, she's a small, she's a she's a young farmhand who wants to get away, just like Dorothy. And so um, the the intro credits, like it's all framing around that because the Wizard of Oz was. The planting of the seed. It was the beginning. It was the first budding of Technicolor film. Yeah, and and I think that that theme is very uh, intentionally made allegory with the porn industry, where this is we are seeing the birth of the porn industry. We're seeing the very beginning of it, the planting of that seed. And even if like there's still a little bit more time before 1940, I think it works. In that respect. Yeah, I I mean I, I agree for the most part. I I think that there is a degree of anachronism in mm. the fact that the film is set in nineteen eighteen, but is sort of done in the style of the films of the late thirties and early forties. Because if they wanted to really set it in its era, it would have to be black and white and silent, which I think could be a really interesting film to do something like this in the style of a silent film. I think that that's hard to sell now, which is why I think that they, I don't think you can sell that there is like, it's almost too far out there to like, yeah, I think the struggle, the struggle is that they want to use the same character 
and show her as a young woman, but setting it in the late 30s would put her almost in middle age at that point already, so they need to have it when she's still young and naive and starry-eyed and so on and so forth. So that kind of creates somewhat of a disjoint in like, well, we're really trying to emulate films from this specific style but for the character for the story we're trying to tell we have to set it in this era and i think that there are some good parallels some maybe a little heavy-handed parallels to modern society just because set in 1918 a big backdrop of this film is the spanish flu you know when she goes into town everybody's wearing masks you know there's it's very very obviously doing like covid parallels yeah, like, which kind which makes shot sense this at the beginning of the pandemic which makes sense considering when the film was written and shot like right at the beginning of the pandemic so like i i i do see all of that the film snob in me the film student would love to see this movie as like a 1918 style silent film yes. shot on however, like 16 with no sound however there's a lot of utility to putting it in the 30s totally style totally because like i think of the parts of this film that i found the best i think the the best scene of this movie is the 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 final monologue one of the final monologues from mia goth and like that works because it's a film with sound you know of course like, you could not do that with title cards no you absolutely, absolutely could not, no. well, not. Or, or even like uh yeah just just in black and white and 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 i think there's a couple reasons for that one technically risk too high right um like uh this is especially a- when they shot this before even releasing x and not knowing how that was going to do trying to do something like quote unquote out there like doing a yeah. black and white you you know like like version of this the lighthouse barely got away with it with willem dafoe and robert pattinson right yeah and robert eggers like like they, it barely got away with it um uh where I'm, well anything that comes out in this day and age that is black and white is automatically labeled an, yeah. art, an art house and, and ty west is already trying to whether like, it is or not two you know movies to a24 mm-hmm. right like that's that's already a big enough ask so like when it comes to like industry side stuff i get it um, now, when it comes to thematically, why would they they pick that style? I think I, I, w- I would have liked a little bit more about this, but this is this is almost more. This is where I mean I'm encroaching headcanon, and I, and I and I recognize that. But I still want to say it, and that is in X, Mia Goth's character has the X factor, right? right. It's the same face. It's essentially the same person. That's the whole point, right? Um, and in this. She's told when she goes to audition to the chorus line that they're looking for someone who is more blonde and blue Who's younger and blonde. Young, young and blonde and blue With the X and Factor. They would have the X Factor. And what I think the movie is saying there is that Mia Goth's, Mia Goth's uh, character is aesthetically ahead of her time. And mm. this film is from her perspective, right? And that her perspective is, well deeply flawed and missing something because she's all fucked up and crazy there's a there's a magic there and she's ahead of her time she's already seeing the world in technicolor and i like sure and i and i I think it's 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 flimsy and i don't know if the movie really conveys that but it's how i feel from it and 
for me, that's enough. I really liked it for that. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you make a fair point. I think a better way to handle that would be to truly ape the Wizard of Oz and have parts of it be black and white and then parts of it in Technicolor. Oh, that would be fun. Um, but, you know, I I do think you do bring up... a tiny up, bit of that. I do think you bring up an interesting point talking about Pearl's character in comparison to Maxine and X. I think this movie does kind of recontextualize the character of Pearl in X in a way that I haven't quite decided if I like yet or not. We we just got out of this movie. Like, we came straight home to record. So I haven't had time to fully process my feelings. But X, the way it presents the character of Pearl is that she was a successful dancer. That she was famous. She did have the X factor. And that it's the withering, the decaying of her body with age that drives her murderous, cruel desires because she sees the beauty that she once had in these younger people and pines for the days when that was her. And this movie kind of, not even kind of, suggests that that was never her. That she never had the X factor. That she never had, she never escaped her farm. That's the whole thing. The, her whole drive in this movie is escaping the farm where she's grown up, you know, going to the big city, being famous, being beloved. And we see from X that. She did end up on the farm forever. One of the things I really like about that, though, is it, it almost feels like a sort of sunset boulevard of someone who didn't make it. Well, you know, it's it's sort of, you know, we see it even in the movie where Pearl sort of projects an image of what is going on mm -hmm. that's very disparate from actual reality. Yeah. And I think that's part of what her character is in X. She presents that she was a very successful. Right, she dancer. has. She has. She looks at the past with the rose tinted glasses. Yeah, like she used to have that. It's, it's but because it's, it's much less painful, mm -hmm. you know, than looking at actual reality for what it is. The way it works for me is what I think this movie says is she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Could be, and it's as simple as that. And again, the Technicolor thing ahead of its time, like all of that re-emphasizes that to me that that her jealousy and her youth and her having her, the uh, it maxine having that opportunity is because maxine is the same as her but she's she has she's been favored by fortune for just being at the right place at the right time mm -hmm. and that you know just at that era and those judges specifically were looking for blonde hair blue-eyed and young yeah. And well that's that's the funniest part about it to me too is that like her big break that she's like striving towards in this movie is to be part of like a church chorus line that mm -hmm. goes around to some like small cities in Texas and performs for like the the needy and, that's and stuff. And it's like that's, that's like that's 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 her escape, you know? It's like it's not an opportunity to be in like a big film or to be on Broadway or something. Like she literally just wants to be 
on this fucking church chorus line and she can't even land that because she doesn't have the X factor that they're looking for. What I what I do like about this movie is uh is how sort of pitiable and pathetic of a character she is. It's like you kind of feel bad for her but also not really. Yeah. Because well, of the horrible things she does. It's the kind of thing where like I don't know if you guys do this. This is kind of like weird, to, weird to say, like in a public setting. But like, if you're like watched a porn video, right, and you've looked at the view count, and you've said like, "Damn, this person has been watched by millions of people," mm. right? Sure. And like, they have this weird, like, secret following, you know, of millions of people who won't talk about it, but they're beloved, you know, in some capacity, like. By millions of yeah. people, and it's such a strange kind of celebrity. It's I, I I find it fascinating. It is it is interesting because like you do like you can see how successful you are in like your view counts and metrics. stuff and your metrics. But yeah, like it is kind of there is like a, a a sense of shame to it as well because like. You don't just go around talking to people about who your favorite porn star is, right? I mean, I mean, I'm sure some people do. Like, it's I have friends who are just like, oh yeah, so and so. You know, I mean, I guess maybe every now and great, then. But if, like, it, it, I, I always the, wanted to be kind of weird. If the drinks like, are flowing or whatever, but like, yeah, there's there's something weird about about like sitting down with your buddy and being like, oh yeah, did you see the new video that such and such porn star just did? I jerked off to that so good, you know? <laughs> it's like you, it's like even if you're a fan, no, like everyone's, everyone yeah. is there, everyone has their <laughs> porn stars that they like and that they prefer and stuff, but it's also like, it's it's a it's a secret thing. It's a private thing. Yeah, very. You know, it's like, <laughs> I personally I, prefer to keep it there. It's like, who yeah. I jerk who I jerk <laughs> off to is for me alone, not to not, like share with my buddy. Yeah, 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 I love you guys, but yeah, like, <laughs> like you know that being said, I'm, I'm here sure, to share like which porn actresses I'm. I'm sure, about. I'm sure there are plenty of of like dudes out there who like share porn videos with their oh, buddies. I, and I, shit, I, you know? I've heard stand up comedy bits like from you know comedians who are just like, yeah, no, you should totally share your Pornhub account with your friends and stuff because like you can share like in all, all the best videos or whatever and like keep track of like your metrics and like tab your favorites and I'm like I think that's weird I also I think that's weird do that. I like, also think that's weird I would because, never like, fucking do that in, in, ever because like, then it's like you also have the association of like I know that my buddy jerks off to this same video too right know? I don't want that like, I don't want to think about that I, don't I think thinking... the only exception to that and it's a stretch but is like a very funny video Yes. That happens to be. Porn. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I for for fuck's sake, like, I mean, I, I I've never gotten off to it, but like the hoverboard cuckold video is one of the funniest goddamn things I've ever seen in my life, and I think everyone should like know about it because it's the funniest shit in the world. Is it hot to me? No, it's way too goddamn funny for that. I, but like that, that that I mean, like Dan Harmon had a whole stand-up bit about it, and that's fucking guys hilarious. She loves cream of wheat video, right? Oh yeah, dude. With the French toast guy getting sucked off by yeah. Aunt Jemima, <laughs> then the dude playing the saxophone. That's some I weird shit. That. Yeah, it's funny as hell. Yeah, like I mean, that kind of especially in like this day and age, you know, like I mean, that's that's expected. But like, yeah, I I don't know. Well, I think I think y'all know though. Y'all get yeah, it. Yeah, no, we get it. Page. We're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's. That's sacred. That's for me. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and um, well, that's the thing with 
comedy. Like, it's not meant to get off. Yeah. Like, getting right. off is something very personal. Yeah. 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 Or horror in that respect. Hopefully. And this movie does, I think, a fantastic job of writing that line the same way that X did. Where it's... Like, I, I was... I was laughing pretty consistently. This is a funny movie. Yeah, it's, just like X it's, was. X was funny, too, but I think this is... I would say this is more of a of a like black comedy than and X was. It sets the tone great for that right from the beginning. Let's talk about that a little bit. the The opening sequence is uh, first off. I, I already mentioned it briefly, but like the title credits are all done like you know old school with mm-hmm. like the wonderful scrawling font, and it's got the side wipes as it all comes in. Yep. I love. I I fucking eat that shit up, man. You know me. Yeah, I, I grew up like I had a very eclectic childhood. I, I grew up watching like old old movies. This is my jam. And so, uh, like, I was I was super happy to see it, of course. Uh, no, no surprises there. I had a great time. But uh, it features her talking to all the farm animals. She's basically doing, like, a Dorothy meets Snow White kind of thing where she's, she's, you know, talking to the cow. She's talking to the sheep. And she's singing to them. And one day I'm going to be a star. And I, I love that shit, man. I eat it up. And, and Mia Goth is so good. She's I, great. She, yeah. She's killing it. And I love it because it, it ends with her, like, uh, going to the far end of the barn and running up the hay bales to do a number for all the animals in the barn. And she's kind of, like, elevated up. And then in walks the goose. The goose. <laughs> <laughs> and just immediately Mr. steals Deuce. her. <laughs> immediately steals her spotlight. Yeah, it, she's, it steals her spotlight. And I love that. I love, I love what it says about the character. It shows her, like, her jealousy. And her fear of that spotlight being stolen from her, which is the core of her character motivation in X. Yes. Um, and <laughs> also, it's funny as shit. Like, like here comes, like, a, a literal goose, like, waddles into the bar. And it's just being a goose. It's just hanging out on a beautiful day. It's just a goose like, being a goose. Mr. Yeah. Deuce, my arch nemesis. <laughs> like, well, yeah, and she responds by <laughs> stabbing it with a pitchfork and then going and feeding it to the alligator in the yo, pod. And I, I love the cinematography in that sequence, too. There's there's a really nice shot, like uh, like low to the ground, where she's carrying the pitchfork up to Mr. Deuce, and like Mr. Deuce is like framed in the prongs of the pitchfork. Like, yeah. there's some the cinematography in this movie fucking slaps. It's nicely shot, yeah. And yeah. um, yeah, and so then she stabs Mr. Deuce, and she carries it down to the pond. And I have to talk about how good the puppetry is uh, for this goose. She's just got it on the end of a pitchfork. And this is something, okay, so animal death is something, like, that I don't take lightly in movies. I think you have to be very careful about how you handle that so yeah, it isn't Yeah, but fuck funny. a goose. But, geese, but yeah. fuck a goose. Geese are geese, nasty. Yeah, we, we've all been chased by geese at the pond as a child. They, it, yeah, they have teeth on their beaks. It's fucking scary. Honestly, wretched she's little, Yeah, wretched doing. little yeah, mouths. Yeah, like, we're, we're still nasty. on part of it. And the movie knows it, and it, and it, <laughs> it handles it very well. But, like, the goose, the, the, the prop of the goose, like, skewered on the end of the pitchfork with its head, like, flopping around is hilarious. Like, and it's like, it's very, it's the perfect middle ground where like, you one, you know, it's not real. Like, and you can tell it isn't real from the prop, but like, it's just real enough to be funny and kind of like offsetting. And the way the head is flopping around, man, is funny as shit. And then we get, uh, and then we get, have uh, immediately after that an animatronic alligator. Yes. 
mm-hmm. which you can very much tell is animatronic from the sort of stiffness of its tail in the wallet. I fucking love it. And it, it really, like, right. cements that we're seeing this world from Pearl's perspective, and everything is technicolor and fake and artificial, and it's all done by design. And you know what? Cool. We get to have fun, and we get to have, like, a weird goose prop and an animatronic alligator in a pond, which is way better than CG. Um, but... Then it pops out of the water and goes to grab the goose, which is obviously CG at that point. But they hide it really well. It's super short. It's super snappy. And the Pearl title comes up over the top Well, yeah, it does a freeze frame, but then Pearl is emblazoned across the screen. It's Pearl! Like, right as this alligator is, like, coming out of the water to eat this goose. Like, it's, like, just totally, like, it's it's maniacal. You know, it's it's dark. And right then we just get this wonderful, like, scrawling Pearl font across the whole screen. Yeah, the intro is perfect. It it sets up the rest of the movie so well. Yeah, it's great. We're on the subject of the alligator. I I. I'm glad that it is as small a part of this movie as it is because it's featured heavily in the marketing material. Um, and I was a little bit worried that they were going to make like the alligator like too much of a centerpiece for this movie. It's just right. And I feel like, yeah, it's it's just the right amount. I mean, we've got it's really only a couple of scenes, right? You know, we've yeah. got that and then the scene where she like takes her invalid father down out on the dock with the wheelchair and she's like about to dump him in the pond yeah. for the alligator when like her mom comes along and like takes him back inside. And that's really it. She she gets well, the she there she is. she takes the egg. Well, there's a little bit more, but you went up to pee. Yeah. The oh, okay. Yeah, that's movie, right. We get a, and to me, it's just the right amount of payoff. Yeah. Like uh, at the at the end there, but we'll we'll get into that in a bit. Well, I think we should talk about uh, since we're talking about the alligator, we should talk about Ben Sheets, alligator expert over here. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, okay, My motherfuckers. Boy. Okay, look. Right, yeah, defend yourself. I grew up in the Midwest. We had zero alligators. Not an excuse. Y'all grew up in Alabama, Alligator Central, in the Gulf Coast, nonetheless, where you had an alligator at every fucking crosswalk. I mean, just, uh, okay. He's not wrong. last part is valid. We did have basically alligators at every crosswalk. Like, I mean, Gator Alley was legitimately a thing. Very close to us. Still is. Still is. Uh, I try to go every time I come down. Yeah, I like, like to go and, look at a gator. And, yeah, look at fucking real dinosaurs. Like, they're fucking cool. Um, it is true that uh, a lot of the places that Tisa and I grew up playing in were, like, swarmed with gators, and it is kind of a miracle that we're alive. Um, I played in swamps a lot as a child and should have died from either that or water moccasins. It's fair and valid. But, <laughs> my dude, alligators... <laughs> are just fucking dinosaurs. Like, look at them. Like, look at any alligator. They're basically unchanged for hundreds of millions of years, mm-hmm. except they're smaller than they used to be. Yeah, like, not even basically. Like, it is essentially the same. We just kind of went, beep, and just made them a little bit some of them, Some of them used to have big, long legs, and they used to run okay, around. Okay, but, you know, I mean, right? I was Crazy still cow, right? a little surprised to see alligator eggs, just because, like, you never see them in media. We? And that's my only, like... <laughs> ben. Okay, ben, so, okay, I, I, said, I said this in the movie theater. We literally did an episode on crawl yeah but like, you don't see fucking alligator eggs in crawl yes, dude it's the it's the big climax i rewatched it recently like she when she goes into the nest and there's a whole big nest of alligator eggs and the eggs hatch right in front of her because she's up on the embankment in the sewers it's oh, like it's the big that. alien egg sequence i rewatched okay, it recently. so we've we've sort of jumped past the punchline here <laughs> 
Which is funnier than actually playing. Cle- Cleveland was sitting between Ben and I, but I still, at the point where Pearl goes and steals an alligator egg from the gator's nest. From its clutch? I still hear Ben lean over to Cleveland and say, do alligators lay eggs? The look Seriously, I gave him. Genuinely. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you grew up in a place without dinosaurs. And then he bro, went on to know? say, to try and defend himself, I grew up in the Midwest, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if they're mammals or what. Have like, you have ever you seen not... a mammal with scales? Yeah, what the fuck? Like, platypi are weird, but, like, that's about the only exception. Like, apart from platypi, like... They're reptiles, dude. Like, alli- that's what, a reptile. Look at alligators. What, what else would they be? Mammals? What? <laughs> do they carry their 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 children in their pouches? So, like, they do what? carry their babies around in their mouths after they have. So, do people like eat alligator yes. eggs? I yeah. have eaten alligator. Uh, not no, eggs. no, 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 not, not eggs. eggs. Not, not eggs. eggs though. No. Oh, yeah. Put the no, finger no. out. That's not a thing. But I have had alligator. As, I mean, real talk. Some like some fucking un- some hillbilly in the bayou has almost certainly eaten alligator that's a eggs. Fucking that's probably not even all. Like, everyone eats, like, all these exotic meats. Why don't people eat fucking exotic eggs? I mean, they do. I've I've had had ostrich egg. Yeah, I've had had ostrich egg, too. Like, there are some eggs, but, like, I feel like there's... Reptile eggs aren't the same as bird eggs. Do they just taste gross? No, dude, this is is thing called... Salmonella. That's really bad in respect well, to reptiles. You fucking cook them. You don't eat eggs. Yeah. Raw. No. 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 I mean, no. I think that's fair. I think they. I think they probably taste bad. I. I. I don't know. I've never. I've never known anybody who eats alligator or snake eggs. Um, alligator tail I though. Had snake. I've had a, Alli- well, alligator tail though. So that's some good. Half, that's some good meat. Yeah. About half the time when you get alligator tail, say like at a at a um a fair. Right, like where they're right. at, a, at a food court or whatever in the south, where like they offer alligator tail. Half the time, that's catfish, but not, not all the time. I, see, I don't eat fish. I can tell the difference between alligator tail and catfish. I don't know. I think a lot of it's psychosomatic, but yeah, I um... no. I, but alligator, the whole thing with alligator tail is that it tastes like chicken, and it does. And catfish does not. Catfish is fish. I've had alligator once, and it was alligator jerky, so I'm not an mm. authority on this at all. <laughs> I've had alligator tail a number of times. It's really fun. I, it's I, like, I just love the idea. It's it's such like a, a fantasy RPG thing to like go to a booth and, and, and order a, a stick of skewered alligator tail. It's it's very fun, uh, and, I, and I would recommend it. Uh, yeah, alligator tail, every time I've had it, it's been, whether it's real or not, has been very tasty. Man, all I'm saying is, I want to see the Iron Chef episode where the secret ingredient is alligator I, eggs. I really think yeah, that it's, a, like it's, a, that it's, a, it's a matter of disease. I think, I think it's, a, it's a salmonella issue. Um, Why would alligator eggs be more prone to have salmonella than chicken eggs? Especially after people, cooking them. People like, always get salmonella from chicken. Like, chickens are already riddled with salmonella. Because different animals, like, carry different disease in different factors. Like, you know, reptiles are already known, notorious for having, like, infectious mouths and carrying, like, different types of disease. Look at Gila monsters. Look at, like, you know, Komodo dragons. Look at, you know, like... All these things. I don't know. I, well, yeah, but that I, makes I, sense I because they have fairness. they have literal meat rotting between their teeth at all times, which is pretty cool. Whereas, like a chicken does not, but their meat's still full of salmonella. I, I don't know. I I not think that lot. I think that gator <laughs> egg, like like gator eggs, like the outside of them, the shell is more like leathery than like 
bird eggs. Yeah, it's they like, show them in the movie. The, the composition, like, the right. composition is like funky. is somewhat different. So I feel like they probably don't taste good. I feel like that's usually that's what it comes down to when when you ask why do people not eat such and such. It's either that it's poisonous or that it doesn't taste good. I'm googling they, this. They have this Fuck crazy. It. Do it. <laughs> the scene in the movie with the alligator eggs where she crushes. The, the egg is fucking nasty. Yeah, There's well, like blood. It's and well, that's, that's an egg. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah but. That, that's an egg. Well, I mean, bird eggs are like that too. The just the ones that we buy in the store are unfertilized. Yeah, except right. sometimes they're not. Have y'all ever gotten an egg that like had a yeah, that, like a fertilized egg that had like More a partially yeah. sure yeah yeah it's like, gross it's it's gross but yeah that's just that's just part of life like well yeah it's eggs part- it's like like chicken eggs do that but if you're yeah. cra- but if you're cracking like three eggs into a bowl to whip them up for an omelet or for scrambled eggs or whatever and one has a tiny and you've bird got in it. and you've got two of them in the bowl already it's an awakening and you crack open the third one and a little half formed baby chicken falls out with a bunch of blood and mucus into your bowl of good eggs you got to throw it all out no i just pulled it out i've done that it's happened to me before ew, ew there's blood in there ew, dude bro. I don't care. no that's yeah. nasty no yeah. thing, right that, like, I, I don't know i, th- I think that's we, some freak shit i think we separate ourselves from from death you know, fairly often, and it's just like that's just every time you eat. You're... I don't want blood in my scrambled eggs, in my delicious, fluffy scrambled eggs. I don't yeah. want blood. So in I, there. um, uh, in my college, I'll eat. I'll eat a rare in... steak, which is bloody, but I don't want blood in my eggs. In in, in my or amniotic fluid. Yeah, yeah, it, it's fine. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, in my, in my my college years when I was studying at like a very small atelier in a small town, I had multiple <laughs> friends who had uh, who kept chickens, and so I would get home eggs like all the time. Small price to pay for those big old. Well, yeah, the, I mean the good man. ones are good, but the good ones are real good. I gotta tell you. All right, so Google tells us uh, it is both. It has been both historically and contemporary, or and in contemporary times in various cuisines in the southern United States. Uh, alligator eggs are also for consumption. Alligator meat is wow. high in protein and low in fat, and has a mild flavor and firm texture. So I guess. Well, yeah, that's alligator meat, and that's that's for sure. Uh, how, but I how guess do... people do eat alligator eggs. Yeah. How do crocodile eggs taste? The shell is uh, nearly clear when first laid, but it develops a creamy white color over time. Most people think crocodile eggs have a strong and fishy taste. Ooh. Like, I, I could really not go for fishy my eggs, eggs being tasty. Yeah, my eggs being fishy. Tasty. Uh, though they continue to be a delicacy enjoyed all over the world. Wow. Some people uh, uh, improve the taste by boiling them. Mm. Well, I mean, that's going to remove flavor. That is the most fucking redneck thing I've ever heard of. Boiled alligator eggs? No, You're dude. That's... that on the fucking bayou in the swamp. No, boi- no that's that's where you make an alligator omelet. That boiled alligator eggs? That's some Teddy Perkins shit. <laughs> that, like, that's, some, that's some, like, creepy, super rich white person thing <laughs> to do. How, how Boil much? an alligator egg. How much is a crocodile egg? It is expected the eggs could be worth up to $20 each. Wow. Quote, a female uh, a female lays about 50 eggs. That's $1,000 right there, Mr. Lever said. I don't know who the fuck Mr. Lever is. Yeah, who's Mr. Lever? He, he's, he's making bank off he's of crocodile eggs. He's making bank off of crocodile yes, eggs, so. I yeah, guess. Goddamn... Well, we've all learned something about alligators here today. Ben Ben has learned that alligators are not mammals, and Cleveland and I have learned that apparently people do eat alligator eggs. Yeah. 
so a whole new world me included and knowing this, and this knowing is half the battle i want to i want to eat a crocodile like at some point now well like egg. let's uh let's get back to talking about uh yeah, that's enough pearl uh, we've got, uh, the projectionist. That's a pretty good, uh, talking point. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one who shows her the, the smut film. Does he, does yeah. he play any of the characters in mm-hmm. X? Okay. No, no. Mia Goth's the I only, the only recurring actor. I liked him. I like, I like that it looks almost like his tie has been cut by scissors. It's at a weird <laughs> angle. Yeah, kind of. That's just how ties were back then, though. At a yeah. weird angle? I, they weren't all like that. I Not all seen too of them, many. sure. I a lot of movies. I like that whole sequence as uh, I used to be a projectionist. Uh, I, I was part of the last, I've, I've talked about this before in the podcast, but like I was, you know, I got to work on one of the last 35 millimeter projectors and Tisa's doing a whole like, ooh, look at me <laughs> face right now. Oh, well, when Ben and I were in really film school, we, but... we shot on 16 millimeter film in old filmo cameras from World War I. I think that's cool and too, I, dude. And I think that's I neat. could probably still uh, thread a 16 millimeter projector. Yeah, look at you. I doubt, yeah. Oh, 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 look at us. Uh, look at all of us. Stuff. We all. I think that's cool. I think it's neat. And I think our, our listeners will think it's neat too that you know uh, we we have we have experience with these things and it's um, it's cool to see it in movies and it's fun to see like the it was fun to see like the projectionist character like thread thread the film it gave me a sense of nostalgia for my college days and uh, it was fun and and I like I like him his excitement over like these old classics and I really believe and porn and porn. very <laughs> bohemian. Yeah, of you. She would say like that. That character. Oh yeah. <laughs> Give yeah, him a well, couple of decades if he hadn't been murdered, and he probably would have been a beatnik. Well, his mm-hmm. dream was going and living in Europe, Li- being European. Literally, uh, um, what's his face's uh, character from uh, Moulin Rouge? Uh, yeah, the, the protagonist who goes over to oh, Europe to be bohemian. <laughs> That, that's played by Obi-Wan Kenobi, whatever the fuck is. Uh, Ewan, Ewan McGregor. McGregor. Yeah, he played, yeah. He, I, mean, he, I haven't seen Moulin Rouge, so I, I couldn't help you there. But I think I'll take your word for it. It brings some fun things to the table, but I don't think you would like it. Probably not. I don't I'm think not, you would like that movie I can't say I'm a big Boz Lerman head. I did just watch Elvis recently, and it was something. It was an experience. I mean, Moulin Rouge is an but, experience uh, for sure, but we're, we're, we digress again. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I like I, I know, like that character. I, I like the projectionist character too. He felt he felt like of the era too. Yeah, and and like he he does sort of offer Pearl like a bit of an escape. You know, she's used to being like berated by a, a very cold and uh, withholding, stern German mother, and you know he compliments her and tells her she's pretty and that she's pretty enough to be up on the screen one of these days but i mean really it all comes down to like he's just trying to bang yeah and he does my what i love about that character so much and he says he wants to see her on the screen in one of those porn videos the smut he's like her pearl's fantasy Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. uh you know she goes and you know, He's the keeper of the film. Has an affair with him <laughs> at one point. But the the key point and the most telling point of his character and in turn of Pearl's dynamic is uh, when she brings him back to the farm. Yes. 
and I loved the conclusion of yeah, that. Yeah, and he sees the reality of what she lives in, mm-hmm. and and who she is. Yeah, too. And his view on her and outlook on their relationship changes so immediately. Yeah, because his she gives his him own... like a dozen red flags, like back to back to back to back. Yes, yeah, and because his. I, I really like how that's set up, too, because, like, in his own experience, he's found means to be bohemian, right? Mm-hmm. To live wherever he wants. He has a he has a bed set up in the projection booth, and that's almost romanticized, right? Yeah. In reality, it's kind of sad, but whatever. Yeah, you right. Know, he, he, uh, you know, he's just kind of My up there. My man sleeps like, on a cot where he works. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's rough. But, like, he, that's he not romanticizes too, yeah. it, right? Which is, like, the whole point of the film. Which is, and she which does it, as well. Yeah, and she thinks that's really neat. He's like, oh, he could he could up and go whenever he chooses. They're, which is all uh, she wants. Academics she wants call to, it bohemian. Yeah, she wants and, to up and go from the farm. Right. So, so somebody, who's not, somebody who's not tied down like she yeah. is. And like, he, that is romanticized. His dream is to go off to, to France again. and Because uh, when he was over there in the war, like, he, that's how he got a hold of that, that old, that, that, that smut film. And um, it's his desire to, you know, go back there and maybe shoot more pictures like that. Yeah, he, like he, wants, he wants to be a pornographer. He doesn't yeah. say it outright, but that is like what he aspires Cause, to. Because he, he sees what that's going to become. And he says that. He says, you know, mm. this is going to be all over the place. The amount of money that people are willing to put down on this, you know, now it, it's, it's inevitable. And he, and he was right. And I, and I like that. Um, I mean, he's a fantasy character, like, written in the past, so, like, you can do that. But still, I think it's fun. Well, and he also and, plays kind of a mirror to the the director character mm-hmm. in X. Well, that's why I was wondering if it was played by any of the same people. Yeah, no, but they're the char- it's not, but the character is kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little, quite. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, the director in that is dating, you know, Maxine, you know, his his porn star that he's going to make money off of, but also like she's his and so on and so forth. And I think that this character wants that with Pearl, you know, he kind of sees her desire to up and go. And so I think he thinks that like, yeah, you know, I could convince this girl to run away to France with me and, you know, make some smut films. Mm-hmm. But, and, uh, and, and he also, he, he, and so she's strung along on that, that myth. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's what I like is it does such a great job of showing like in the industry in any industry, like how easy it is to say words and how the, how people can get so caught. Yeah, you can promise somebody anything, anything. It's I mean, yeah, you just say the words. It's very easy. Mm-hmm. And and for him, like he's not even thinking about it that way. He's just trying to get light. So he just kind of puts it out there like, yeah, I'm thinking about going back to France at some point if you want to come along with me. He's just – he's not thinking about it. Right. He's not putting thought into that. And so when he then goes to the farm with her and he sees all these red flags and she's saying like, oh, well, don't you want to take me with you? It's like, well, I got to go. It's like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah maybe gotta, not. I need a dip. Um, and I, I like that. I like um, – I, I, I also really love how – I think some movies would try harder to make the subterfuge – more um underhanded but i love how basic it is with pearl where he enters the house and he hears thumping around and he sees the mess from the the fight the night before with her mother where her mother gets killed which we didn't talk about but whatever um we're jumping and he says yeah and he and he says like oh what, what's this all about and she says oh that's just the dog which they don't have a dog the dog and, made a mess yeah the dog yeah. made a mess so i i locked him in the root cellar 
Um, and it's fine. And then she leads him out over to the barn and she's showing him all the other animals. And he says, oh, and also the dog. And she says, what dog? And I, I love, I just love how like, Pearl's not smart. We don't, that's not yeah. why we're here. <laughs> There's no like, it's not fucking spy espionage shit. It's just real simple. She's real stupid. And I, I love that about well, yeah, her Yeah, I mean, none of, like, she's a slasher villain, but, like, none of her kills in this are, like, premeditated. Every nope. single one of them is a crime of passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She gets worked up and loses control and kills people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, doing it. Yeah. And I, I guess you could argue that her killing her dad is uh, a little bit premeditated. Yeah. Which is but cool, because that's the only one she regrets. Right, exactly. Um, she feels bad for her for her poor pa who didn't deserve none of this. You he know? really didn't. <laughs> my, my, that Holy dude, shit! My man had a was having a rough time. Yeah. I I love how she tortures him in every way, like intentionally or not. Um, like one of the okay, so her her father. Uh, for people who haven't seen the film, uh, her father got got it real bad from the Spanish flu, um, and was left paralyzed. And so, like, her, her uh, Pearl and her mother have to take care of him. Mm-hmm. And it's a big aspect of, like, the prison that she lives in is having to take care of, like, her infirmed father. So there's a bit where after she's given her father, like, a scrub down, she gets in the bath because the water's still warm. Yep. That's her excuse, anyway, to her mother when she comes in. And she's, like, doing, like, kick dancing and stuff and, like, just parading herself in front of him. And, like, it's really uncomfortable. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird and uncomfortable how, like, she's, like, just, like, outright, like, flaunting herself, you know, and her sexuality, like, in front of her infirmed father who, like, he's he's in a prison, too. He can't fucking move. He yeah. can't do anything. And he's, like, he we get the fuck. He doesn't want to fucking be there and see right. that. And it's, like, yo, like, you're my daughter. Like, stop doing all this shit. And he's just trapped, you know, there in the mm-hmm. same way. And it's her kind of, you know, I, I see it as, like, her trying to escape her own cage you know and through that like they're just sort of imprisoning each other and it's really fascinating everybody's Um, in a prison of their own making my my favorite scene of the two of them is when she wheels him out uh to the end of the dock Mm -hmm. when the alligator is coming because like before like you question like how is he really there yeah because he doesn't really react to anything is he a vegetable or is he like trapped behind his skin gives such a good performance just in his eyes in that scene and his breathing because he can't speak or to the point where i was like are they going to like pull like oh he is actually more there than we originally thought because I'm like, glad they he, didn't do that. I'm glad they yeah. didn't do that. But just enough. But yeah, they give him such a performance there in so little movement yeah, that it, it's really impressive. It is, it is really interesting to say that that actor did a phenomenal job playing a, like a, 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 full a person who's completely paralyzed. Well, yeah. that's the thing. But he did. Like, like you really see it. Like but just the, the fear behind it. He does a lot there's with his so eyes. So much yeah. limitations to what he can do. The, the fact that he gives such a good performance in those, you know, constraints is really yeah. impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, and like you said, it, it's a great uh, way of confirming for the audience that he is still uh, cognizant enough to at least be aware of danger because he doesn't really react to anything else before that in the movie. 
and that's probably just because like he is in a pri- he's imprisoned in his body he's probably just so despondent that like he yeah. there's nothing yeah, to he's react checked out yeah he's checked out but he's he is there. still there enough so that when he see when he's being wheeled to the end of a dock and sees a big alligator coming up and you know she's talking like she's about to push <laughs> him in now. he's scared mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's it's good the breathing is yeah is really well done like you yeah. were saying ben like I, I really like that sequence. Um, I also like how that sequence is led up by Pearl carting him out of the house, and we get the mother in the window, mm-hmm. and it's just it it really feels shot like an old Hitchcock film or something like that. Like I, I love, I just I love the cinematography in this movie and the framing. It just it, it's so classic. It felt like almost a parallel to X too, where you know she's watching the, them. Yeah, she looks out the window and watches them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the mother is is great. I was reading apparently she's not even really an actress. She was the intimacy coordinator on X what? on the set. Can you Whoa. please explain and what they, an intimacy coordinator is? Yeah, so an intimacy coordinator fascinating is, job title. Um, it's it's actually a very good and important uh thing on a film set. Intimacy coordinators are there for any time there's sex scenes or anything or like any intimacy that requires actors to be like very physical with each other they're there to make sure that all of the boundaries are understood that everybody who's participating is comfortable knowing where their limits are what they're comfortable doing what they're not comfortable doing and directing sort of the the production around that scene fascinating and needed so essentially it's like it's like the set equivalent of hr Sort of, except but, but actually less, except valued and actually needed. there to help people, unlike like, HR. Who there there was a big yeah, controversy often, recently yeah. because Sean Bean was criticizing the uh, uh, intimacy coordinator on Game of Thrones because mm-hmm. he said it made sex scenes feel less spontaneous. Ew. Which is really I don't, yeah. I don't like weird that take. to say. Well, also, like, Hollywood has a... Especially for a show that's, like, rife with sex scenes. Like, like yeah, they're doing fine. Like, like no, they Holly- really should. Like, it, yeah. Spontaneous? Ooh. Yeah, mm. Hollywood also has a... not a, mm. a th- thing to say for Sex acted scene. scripted scenes yeah yeah and and hollywood in general has has a pretty vile history of like actors and actresses being abused during like sex scenes and stuff and like being pushed past their limits and not comfortable like it's intimacy coordinators are are good things to have yeah on that set. seems very valued um, and needed yeah so yes the ac- fascinating the the actress who plays pearl's mother in this was the intimacy coordinator for x and they liked her so they brought her in she is uh not a native german speaker uh she learned german she learned german specifically for this role and i was reading was so convincing in her pronunciation and accent that she fooled somebody on set hell yeah a real german who was on set Ah. and thought she was as well which i yeah i i think is great yeah you Uh, really buy it She's, yeah, she's she's very so she's very good in this movie. She's she's a very unlikable character, but not without her moments of humanity. She she portrays herself much like the Wicked Witch in Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Like uh, mm-hmm. she has that stern matron, yeah, she's necked. You know, she's very like, severe yeah. and cold, and you know, kind of cruel to Pearl. But 
you do get the sense that like she's like that out of her own insecurity and fear um you know pearl even acknowledges it in her monologue at the end that like i sort of understand my mom my mother mm-hmm. like why she's like this because all she wants is the safety of a roof over her head. It's, it's and a great like, character. Yeah, and it has made her, th- and like ensuring that that is a thing has like made her this way. Well, it's, um, it, it, it's so true and, uh, and, and earnest and honest, especially for a film that's so like technicolor and fake. Yeah. To, to, to portray like such an earnest and like believable toxic relationship where like, both characters are toxic to each other and like there it is often like the toxicity is motivated out of like caring and love mm. and she really does want the best for pearl just in the worst ways and she doesn't know how to be the best well yeah i think pearl. she I, I think she probably she, rec- she probably recognizes that pearl doesn't have the x factor that pearl thinks she does and, you know, she does tell her in a not particularly kind way that, like, life isn't really about what you want. It's making do with what you have. Mm. And Pearl does take that to heart later towards the end of the film. Um, Enjoy the now. But, like, that is just, I think that is her mom's being like, look, you want to be a star, but you don't have it. Mm. You know? Yeah, like, and I think... Well, not, that, just, not just that you don't have it, but people will see the darkness mm-hmm. in you. Like, that's yeah. a big right. point. She does is say it, that, She yeah. does have the X factor. It's just that her X factor is murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think on top of that, like there is a narcissism to both of the characters. Sure. You know, I think she the mother has a very prideful, proud streak. Mm-hmm. You know, a great example of that is uh, uh, Pearl's husband. His family is very well off, and right. they bring her a pig to eat and have a meal mm-hmm. and the mother is so prideful that she leaves it on the doorstep. They don't and, accept charity. Yeah, yeah. And doesn't yeah. accept it. And and leaves it rotting on the porch. I thought that was a yeah. great image, by the way, very evocative yeah. of like repulsion and the rotting duck mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Um, uh, we're making a joke about it at the end when you've got the family with all the, the rotting meal setting up on the table. It's like, damn, it's just resident evil seven. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but a great image and like, it really says a lot about her character refusing to, uh, accept help Mm -hmm. and being so insular and being like, oh, this is not me doing this. So I don't accept it. Right. Um, No charity, only the things that I myself have accomplished or done. Which in its own way is selfish. And I, I like that. It's super also, selfish. Well, I mean, she turns yeah. it around on Pearl when she comes back from, you know, her her day in town where she goes to see the movie. She goes to town to get her father's medicine. Um, that's why her mother sends her. But she comes back and she's like, where's the change? And Pearl's like, there isn't it. There's she's exactly like, yeah, eight cents. There should be eight cents left. I know how much it costs. And we know that Pearl has spent that money at the at the the theater the the movies but she lies to her mom and says oh i got some hard candy for the bike ride home and her mother like takes the food from in front of her and is like oh well since you had since you used my money to buy candy you've eaten already you know you can have the leftovers in the morning but no supper for you tonight you know because she considers she considers that would be charity 
in the same way that she won't accept the pig, Pearl doesn't deserve to eat. She doesn't deserve the, the charity of the food that she didn't help prepare, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's totally selfish. Yeah. Narcissistic. And it's great, too, because there's another way she reflects in Pearl, and that is that uh, it's, it's shown in the opening of the film. Uh, Pearl is in front of the mirror, and she's she's seeing herself as a wonderful star, mm-hmm. and the spell is broken when the mother comes in and says, "Why are you wearing my old dress?" And you know, like you're not to wear those. And we see that her mother has a collection of them, like because Pearl wears another one of her mother's dresses later, mm-hmm. and it's that beautiful red a dress. A few, a few, yeah, yeah. And we and we see her pull from a set that you know, even a few that she doesn't even wear in the movie, and it shows that at one point her mother was also young and vain, and wore pretty dresses and wanted maybe to be a star in some way well and she even says that have to say uh i I mean we we can see too that she puts those dresses away and doesn't wear them anymore because she no longer has a reason to be beautiful in like in her fight with pearl before pearl kills her in reference to the father he's like he's supposed to be my husband i'm not supposed to be his mother but i've had to become that because you know he can't take care of himself so she's shut away any of that That's like feminine sexuality. sexuality that she would have had before because now, you know, she can't even be pretty for her husband because she has to, you know, change his diaper and shit. And, like, and she puts, and she selfishly puts that on Pearl mm-hmm. because I, I, I really, I was really grossed out. They, they didn't have to like show anything, but I was really grossed out by that sequence where Pearl's coming back into the house and the mother says to her like, you know, your father needs changing. You don't want him to sit in his own mess. Yeah. Ugh, like, it's awful. Yeah. And, like, again, nothing shown, nothing, just just words. And it's awful. And I hate it. And, I, and like, it, it, it does every, it, it's everything you need. But she, you know, it's, it's on Pearl, too. And it's, like, you know, like, she... Yeah, she does have responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. And I like, too, that we, all we really see the mother do is, like, cook dinner. She's chopping wood too. Yeah, at a certain point. she's chopping yeah. wood at one point too. But it's like we don't we don't see the mother like at tasks as much as we do Pearl. Yeah, even also, and like maybe that's just because it's from Pearl's like guild, you know, like gilded perspective. Yeah, the movie's mostly from Pearl's perspective. So who's to say so, like yeah. how much work she's actually putting in? But I do think that like you know it is interesting. Like she is, she is imprisoning Pearl. You know, in yeah, some capacity. Uh, yeah, totally, and, absolutely. You know, she doesn't let Pearl spread her wings at all like what even if it's just to go to town you know like she's yeah. counting all the change she's making sure that like it's she was just going into town for that one thing and it, whether it's based out of fear or protection or whatever toxicity like it's, i mean yeah it's, it's it's she has an abusive relationship with her daughter for sure no doubt uh, <laughs> yeah. but i mean i like that a movie that is as simple is as simple as this can do like just enough little things to provide that nuance to keep things from being like too one-dimensional well it's it it might not be you know it it might be all simple in and and straightforward in the dialogue but there's so much like but but movies movies aren't aren't an auditory medium exclusively like there's so much shown and not told and i i really i really respected the the film for that there's a lot of show and not tell Mm -hmm. what did y'all think about the uh sort of uh, dichotomy of Pearl and uh, her uh, sister-in-law. The Loved it. Just, just enough. Rich. Sister. Yeah. I wouldn't have wanted more out of that. I, I, I think it's 
just good the way. Yeah, I think it's just enough. She's only in a few scenes as well. You know, she shows up to deliver the pig and tells Pearl about the audition for the church chorus line. Then we don't really see her again until the audition. Mm. Um, Just enough to reaffirm, like, they're 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 basically sisters they're in it together yeah um and and i i really like that character too because like while she's had everything laid out for her um and she is essentially like a spoiled bell she's still very kind and helpful and wants the best yeah she doesn't she doesn't seem as vapid as you would expect a character like that to be. Yeah, and I really like that because that's the reality sometimes. Well, I mean, you know, when after Pearl does not get the the part and is distraught and uh, Mitzi takes her back to... Mitzi. Mitzi takes her home. That's a great name. And, you know, she's... Pearl starts to open up to her a little bit, you know, how she thinks something's maybe not right with her and is like, oh, but I've never told Howard who is her husband who we haven't mentioned is away at war. He's in Europe. It's world war one. Um, so that's why he's absent from the movie. Um, but then Mitzi, you know, she's, she tries to lend her like, uh, a listening ear as like, well, I'll just pretend that I'm Howard and you can say everything to me that you would want to say to Howard. You know, she gets a whole lot more than she was bargaining for. Yeah. Uh, we get, and that's, I love that the, about Pearl too. Absolutely. Fantastic yeah. monologue from Mia goth, just like mm-hmm. one medium close up static shot. And that monologue is almost probably five minutes long, yeah. which is a lot. She, she spends a lot of time looking at the table in front of her, so I would not be surprised if she had a script or some kind of guide sitting there in front of her. Would not blame her if she did. It's a very long monologue, and uh, her performance is fantastic. It's so good. But she basically... It's long, yeah, it's, it's long, uh, but it's, sure, it's, yeah. very, it's very good. I mean, she basically self-diagnoses herself. Like, she totally unwraps everything that you know she feels is is wrong with her and uh in so doing admits to the murders that she's done to mitzi and so she has to kill mitzi because of it um poor mitzi wrong place wrong time um but i yeah that is that is the i think the show stealing moment of the entire film is is that monologue it's really really excellent big kudos to mia goth for the performance and also for to her and ty west for the script yeah it's an excellent it's very scene. well written it's yeah probably my favorite scene of the movie it, yeah. it just stands out so well i think what's so interesting about a scene like that especially compared to x where X is very much a throwback to 70s sort of exploitation, sort of Texas Chainsaw stuff. Mm. This one is very reserved in comparison. Totally. We don't get much violence until, like, the last 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, And so a scene like that... And some of is, it takes place off screen as well. Yeah. And so a scene where it's not a scene of horror violence directly is stands out so much more because you know you don't have all this spectacle Mm -hmm. to see so the spectacle is within the inner characters and you know dialogue and stuff like that so like this scene especially just stands out so much in the film i 
it might just be because we're coming hot off of it. But even though I think I do prefer X as a film overall, I think that scene that we're talking about is like the rawest, uh, most sincere scene of either of the two movies. Yeah, I would I say would totally agree. Um, and so I, I, I would even maybe say that that scene is like the best part of both movies together. Um, even though I do generally prefer X more, it's just, it's just a very well-written, honest scene with just a spectacular performance. And the payoff is fantastic. Um, uh, after, uh, you know, you, you, we are definitely rewarded after sitting through that sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Mitzi gets up to, leave <laughs> make her excuses and she yeah. tries she does she does her best trying to get out of there uh she says like what she can best say mm. you know to to placate pearl but um and and we almost think she's gotten out of there she's just getting out of the house and she's on her way down the driveway when pearl also leaves and in her wonderful red dress i love the i love the lighting and the color in the scene because like it's sort of overcast the day is not so Wizard of Oz anymore. Yeah. It's not so pretty. <laughs> um, the sun is setting on 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 the uh, Pearl's fantasy, but Pearl is still in this stunning red dress as she and with the white like uh, cloth in her hair. And she comes out and she yanks up the axe that, that her mother last <laughs> planted in the uh, um, in the stump. And she starts making her way down towards Mitzi, and Mitzi knows what's up, and because she just heard the whole fucking monologue too, yep. and she's and she's just she starts picking up the pace, and she's trying to get the fuck out of there, and um, she gets a good way down the drive before she just eats dirt, she just she trips, yep. and uh, she gets up again, and Pearl's gaining, and she's making her way down down the way, and I love I love how this is shot because it's all done again, sort of one take one take one shot. And uh, uh, Pearl comes up behind, and she's still just like sort of, they're just quickly, briskly walking at each other, and Pearl hits her in the back once, twice, three times, and she goes down. And I missed, I must have blinked and missed where they changed the cut. Because at some point, like, then the camera pans back up, and Pearl is standing over, and we see this set of bloody footprints and like the the aftermath and pearl's axe is now heavy with blood and there was a really clean transition there um well yeah i mean they cut to pearl looking down at mitzi on the ground and then back up and then they cut to yeah, the wider is there shot. is there like a, a separate cut yeah, yeah there's I thought like when a, you see like her walking down hitting her in the back and then the camera pans and we see like the bloody footprints i always i thought that was seamless no was there there's, a cut between no, the there's, there's a couple a of cut. cuts okay. yeah. I'd, be, I'd be curious to watch it again for sure. It's very well but it's, edited. It's well edited for yeah. sure. And um uh and then uh TC, you got up to pee at the worst time. Yes, yeah. I know. Like, I, you I, really had to I saw you like checking your watch and like okay, I had to pee so bad during that whole monologue yeah, and I'm like, I cannot get up during this scene. Like I need to sit I need to finish this monologue. So then like as soon as she murdered Mitzi, I was like Well, because I still thought there was like thirty minutes left in the movie, and I was like, I can't. I, I gotta fucking go. Um, mm. But yeah, so I guess I missed she something cool. And uh, or you got up and she left. But like uh, the she takes uh, she takes Mitzi and she takes her mother and her father and she sets she sets them all up around the dining table, sort of like intercut. And she takes Mitzi down to the water and she really 
it, it, the shots are cool because they do like the the mirroring where like the same things are happening on they either side. They do like a sort of split screen for a while mm. too. Yeah, it intercuts between like a it's reflection really and like a split screen mm-hmm. where it shows like one half of one action and one half of another yeah. action, which and they do in times. It's mirrored yeah, a few times, yes. yeah, and then it becomes sort of mirrored as well. And so yeah, we're kind of coming into the world of X, and um, uh, we get some just fan fucking tastic shots of her hacking up Mitzi's corpse where like uh the axe is like go it goes like right down through her arm and like you see the arm separated from the body and then she does the same thing with the head and we see like the truncated neck and it's they're really really good practicals yeah. like it looks fucking and great. she like throws her head to the the gator all the bits uh, which Damn. is great yeah. i'm sorry i missed that yeah that and then i also like she goes and like she cradles like the 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 sheep and cow and goats heads like with her bloody hands uh, if i had known there was only like five minutes left in the movie i wouldn't have gotten up <laughs> no you gotta pee you gotta pee yeah um i was i, I was I like saw it a long time to go yeah i was like tapping my feet as well yeah. we, we all had like big <laughs> drinks before going into the movie yeah and a big old we had a big, big old big, big old ciders yeah yeah i know it, it the, the payoff is great um and yeah she she hacks her up and, and throws her to the gators and she sets up this this perfect scene in her eyes, you know, this perfect scene, dining scene of, you know, my, my fan, I have to get everything ready for Howard. And she says that too in her monologue. She's like, well, I just want, I got to get the farm ready. I got to make sure, you know, that I can have everything perfect for him when he gets back. And I love her. Got to make the best of of what I've got. Yeah. And her view of perfect is staging her mother's corpse and her father's corpse at the dinner table with this quote, like perfect meal of the pig and all the rest in front and it's all rotting and decaying and howard shows up back from war pearl where are you and he comes upstairs and he sees this horrible nightmarish tableau and and then turns and there's pearl smiling well we know he stays yeah he stays with her that okay i i feel weird saying this in a public forum but like She's got to have that gorilla grip. Yeah. Like, that, that <laughs> pussy has got to be real good. Because he, he stays with her yeah. after that. Because we know, because he's still, he's still around. She definitely X. does have the X factor. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Well, we got we to gotta talk, to wrap up, we got to talk about how the film ends. Because oh, it's... Perfectly. It's like, it's so, it's so well done, <laughs> how they do the credits, and it's such a great visual gag. Because, yeah, as we described it, or as Cleveland described it, it pans over to her, and she's like, oh, Howard! And she's like, the the picture of, uh, you know, perfect domesticity, and she's got, like, a picture of something that she's taken it's to like the table. Milk. Yeah. I don't know what the yeah, it doesn't it, look, yeah, it doesn't look advertising. Nasty. But it's like and it sort of like p- punches in on her face a little bit as, you know, the end is scrawled across Da-da. the screen and the credits start. But where the strings where play. another where like a normal movie would have done like freeze frame there. No. Nah. What they do is they just hold the shot as the credits roll and just like over the course of like the three or four minutes that is the credits is like Mia Goth's smile just slowly like morphs into like a grimace of agony. <laughs> just it's like, just yeah, agonizing she, maintaining She's trying smile. so hard to hold the smile. This fake smile. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is like she's not blinking either. So eventually her eyes start watering and she starts crying like as as her, her the smile becomes less and less of a smile. It's all 
all she's got and she's more and more of the Bimas is just like just that with the with like the you know classic old fashioned kind of credits, yeah. uh, where it's got like the the, the title on one side and, a, and the name a, on the other, and like like uh, ellipses going all the way to the other side. Them, yeah. It's all classic. It's in the classic scrawl still. Just like as she holds this like face. this rictus grin. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I was ca- I was giggling throughout. It's the whole so thing. funny. It's yeah. such a fun, right. it's such a funny visual. It's gag. funny and it's fascinating, and you're really like glued to like watching. her her expression shift like me goth fucking kills it yeah, she's yeah. so good she's such a she's a very good actress and and like i i love it and like uh yeah it plays throughout like the whole title cards and you see all the cards i like to um i i did catch among the title cards uh one of one of the roles was like oh, fuck what is it specifically but it was like i think it's like burn master or something, and it's like, yeah, someone's like just in charge of like the gore well, yeah, the, from like the burns. The well, also probably because uh, her mother does get set on so fire, so there is there. there is an actor what a there cool title for that who's job, on right? fire. So yeah, yeah there's a burn yeah. master. It's, yeah, it's like burn master or something, and I'm like, damn, that's a film cool sets have fucking weird ass titles yeah, for shit. Yeah, burn masters, key grips, best boy, best boy. is my favorite. Yeah, and uh, you're saying uh, production what, title. What was the the one the mother in, had? intimacy coordinator? Intimacy coordinator. Intimacy coordinator. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So, movies yeah. the cinema <laughs> so then we end the film and I, I like too that i think some people would 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 want to know like where want to see howard's reaction to that and like how that plays out and why he stays but man we this don't movie need is not about howard it's we don't need Pearl. to we and we don't yeah. need to see his reaction because we know that he stays with her yes, we yeah. have already seen his character as an <laughs> old man in x who in that movie very clearly does still love his wife, very devoted to her. Yeah, and I so think we, it's so much more interesting leaving yeah, that to the imagination. We don't need to see how that conversation played out. We know the result. We yeah. know he stuck around. He was able to love her uh, psychotic behavior, <laughs> her literally psychotic behavior. And then, of course, after the credits, we got the the Maxine teaser, like we already talked about. So uh, that that one for sure, they did not shoot at the same time as these other two. So I'm guessing it's probably. Uh, I mean, I guess at this point, maybe production is over. It's but... listed as in development. On yeah, IMDb, I so. I don't I don't expect this one to come out six months from now. Maybe it will if they're really trying to keep that window, but Doesn't I don't. Have to. I don't. No, I. I was nervous about this one coming out so quickly after X. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing we didn't really talk about a ton going in. Is like my worry going into this is it wouldn't be able to stand on its own. It would right. be a companion piece to X that doesn't feel like a movie in itself. Like, mm-hmm. that's a common problem with a lot of sequels is, like, sure. they feel like sister pieces to the original, where, like, if you watch them without the a context. ton of love or yeah. context for the original, you wouldn't get much out of it. And I think this movie is super successful standing on its own, I will I, say. I think it can stand on its own. I do think that... It's without without X, the though. without yeah it's enhanced yeah. by x without the context of x i do think that there is probably something lost hard to say for sure because obviously we went into this having seen x so we can't say how well it works without yeah. it so, i'd be curious to hear from somebody 
who has not seen X but does see Pearl. So to put a cap on everything, the credits roll, and we see the the Maxine lead-in, mm-hmm. which we've already mentioned. It shows the Hollywood Hills, but instead of of it being Hollywood, it says Maxine. But I do love also, I want to mention that it also then cuts to like a full-on title that's animated mm-hmm. traditionally like in an 80s style with that wonderful 80s chrome yeah. font yeah. and then i in, love that font so much i always and then have the hot pink it says coming soon, soon. Yeah, yeah of course because you're gonna if you're gonna do the chrome yeah. you gotta do the hot pink like well the, the teaser there. starts too with like the with like a vhs player like the you see the yeah. play button being hit mm-hmm. and like the static coming up and what so I, it's like i really i'm looking forward to seeing and it's it's worth noting the 80s style yeah and it's worth noting too in chrome it's maxine with three x's yes because yeah. it's the third you know one and it's triple x triple x you know yeah. because it x came before this is this triple one x. this one's gonna show full penetration if they're not cowards Uh-oh. it'll be in four by three like a video oh i hope so yeah i fucking hope so well because yeah that's the thing like these two films before it are very like drenched in the style of well i guess in pearl's case is not necessarily when the film is set but they're they're both like there's a lot of work put into creating to mimicking the style of a specific decade of film and i think a lot of the 80s nostalgia that has been so uh in vogue in the last 10 years or so in a lot of cases, it feels kind of hollow because it doesn't really, f- like, capture the style of 80s film. It's more just, like, kind of an 80s aesthetic. Like, a lot of people are just like, slap some neon lights on it, and that's all you need to make it 80s. But from X and Pearl, I'm very excited to see Maxine because I get the feeling that they're going to pay the same level of attention to capturing the style of 80s cinema. Yeah, I mean, which especially is what I want. For Same. something about 80s pornos, it has to have that shot on video aesthetic. You know, I, yeah, I really critical. hope it shot I really hope it shot on video. Um 4x3 would be great. Like I want them to lean into as much of that shit as possible. But um let's rate X or yes. Pearl. <laughs> Damn it. Well, I guess it's X-rated. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, I think this is a of similar quality to X. I think I prefer X and what it's doing and obviously the, the style that it's trying to portray. But I was overall uh, really pleased with Pearl. Uh, strong four out of five, I think. Yeah, I think uh, I was kind of on the fence between three and a half and four. Uh, coming out of the theater, but our discussions really elevated it uh, for me. I think this movie has so much richness and character, even though it's a little slower than X. Like, don't go expecting like yes. an exploitation movie like X is. This is a very different movie. X is kind of slow too, though. We talked about that on true. the episode. True, it is but... kind of. I don't think the pacing is dissimilar, but it is a slow. It yeah, is kind of a slow movie. And there's less payoff. Overall, mm. yeah, X yeah, yeah, has. that's absolutely um, fair. Yeah. But I think this is a great movie as well. I'm gonna give it a four out of five as well. Yeah, I'm torn between a four and a four point five. Uh, I just love the aesthetic, and I was really impressed because often when films do like a fake Technicolor grading, they they overplay their hand, and it's 
hypersaturated and it's overdone. But here it's just enough to believe it's Technicolor. This very you know, well could have been actually shot on Technicolor yeah, film. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. It's yeah, it's like it's definitely digital, but like um I don't know. Uh like the the color grading enhancement is like either way, it's really well done mm-hmm. and it really does an amazing job of capturing that in a way I've seen plenty of other big budget films do and fail. Try and yeah. fail. So like for that, I give it big props, especially because like I love that era of style being the forties, not you know the, mm-hmm. the the turn that century. I mean, I love that era too of like silent films and the rest. But it was really gratifying to see, um, and I like the sequencing. I did mention too there is like a very short like horror dream sequence where she does see her mother like in black and white, and she's in black and white. It's super short, but mm-hmm. like we get that as well. And I I liked all of that. I love the portrayal of like the 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 budding the the early dawn the planting of the seed of like por- pornographic films and how that's shown i think i find that fascinating on its own the history of it um and the rest and everything to do with the character it is kind of slow i think it is exactly what you would want from seeing the trailer uh and what i would yeah. want coming out of x so i think for the, all of that i'm going to give it a 4.5 uh it is not a perfect movie it's not maybe not perfect for me but it's real damn close. Like, and it does it does some great stuff uh, and some really impressive stuff. And I, I think I was really sold by the end, just by that wonderfully long hanging shot on the credits. That's it's funny, it's terrifying, it's cool, and all, and it's a it's a real feat from Mia Goth. And I I think that she does the fun just delivers another phenomenal performance after doing like two characters and X. So yeah, I have big big props to Mia Goth. Four point five. Word. Well, that'll be an average of 4.2 out of 5 for Pearl, so check it out. Uh, definitely recommended. Um, do we have predictions for this? Or no, we weren't expecting this to no, come out. No, this was a surprise. That's right. So we have nothing for this. Uh, next week is Don't Worry Darling. Is it yeah. time for that? Who boy. Yeah, so Don't Worry Darling is next week. We'll get to talk about all of the surrounding drama that has been the buzz of the internet recently <laughs> hot mess. Wait, jesus is, christ is that the the 50s one yes. yeah with oh, florence pugh and olivia wilde well, we and, that one. Yeah. Well, i really like olivia wilde so. um well so that'll be next week uh we'll see how the movie turned out there's certainly been uh, uh quite a bit of production drama <laughs> that has been in the show. news yeah so <laughs> we'll see the what the final product is um, quick sponsor we've been at this yeah. for a minute all right, uh, this episode is brought to you by, let me check my notes, a white girl misusing the term liminal space. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, that this film does an incredible job of, of uh, displaying uh, liminal space. I think that Pearl just really, like, brought me to a sense of, of liminality and when she's space. on the stage dancing and you can see world war one happening behind her liminal. that was such like just like a liminal space it's so liminal <laughs> wow so deep so liminal okay well there you go. that'll do it for us this week uh if you like the show leave us a five-star <laughs> rating on apple Podcasts. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Shout out to honorary pod boys, Sam Simon, Zach Confer. Y'all are the best. You can follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod and at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. 
I'm on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. I'm occasionally tweeting for Lyric Studios, who put out very slow progress on its stairs back. You can also find my work primarily on dreadxp.com, uh, working on all the cool games that we're putting out. Go check out DreadXP's games. We've got Mortuary Assistant. We've got a new update for Spookware now. We've got um, a new updates for Dread Delusion also, and lots of other cool stuff on the way. We recently announced Outsiders. Um, go check out all the cool stuff that's going on with The Outsiders as well. Uh, and that's it from me. Well, thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to make the best of what you got. I was meant for the stage. I was meant for the curtain. I was meant to tread these boards of this much I am certain I was meant for the crowd I was meant for the shouting I was meant to raise these hands with quiet all about me. Oh, Mother, please be proud. Father, be forgiving Even though you told me, son, you'll never make a living